0: It's time for Larry
1: Knows!
0: My guests tonight, we've got the man from Michigan, Jack Rogigie! From Arkansas and Defiance, Missouri! Mm-hmm. so good to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Max, first time on the show?
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Well, so we've got a few different NBA fans here. We've got, uh, Max, you're a fellow Knicks fan. Correct. Yeah. Marcus, you are a Sacramento Kings fan. Mm-hmm. And Jack, you are a Detroit Pistons fan.
2: Yeah, only the most relevant NBA teams here. All three of them
0: <laughs> fighting for lottery position. Yeah. Uh, last last uh, rumor is about a uh, kind of a 20. If they're going to re- restart the NBA season, it would, they would bring back 20 teams in sort of like a group stage before going to like the full playoffs. And with it being the top 20, uh, Knicks and Pistons would be out, but the Kings would be in there as they're the 19th seed right now. Nice. Yeah. I don't know how that would affect lottery uh standings, lottery odds, but I assume if they if they were to make it to the second rounds, they would no longer be in the lottery. But anyway, we'll start with yeah. you Marcus. Sure. What is you and you mentioned this a little bit last time you were on the program. Yeah. How do you feel about the Kings' future and what they should do?
2: I don't feel well it's hard because they have a collection of very fun players and not even a lot of those players are relatively young but I think that they made some pretty serious missteps in terms of the contracts they've committed themselves to especially this past offseason was a big mess Uh, the Buddy Heald contract and the Harrison Barnes contract I think are both the type of contracts you sign when you are a contending team or at least you have sort of that um, superstar that you're trying to build around and I don't think the Kings have that and I think they have put themselves in a bad situation now and I don't really see a way out of it beyond blowing it up
0: yeah the Barnes contract goes through uh, 22-23 and Healed goes even one year beyond that yeah yeah, those are both yeah, the healed contracts looking bad right now. Especially if the if the cap goes down because revenue is down for the NBA.
2: I mean, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily take issue with overpaying for complementary pieces when you have the guy to build around. Yeah, like I think realistically Chris Middleton's overpaid, but like you do it because it'd be harder to get a guy of his caliber any other way, and he fits well around Giannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's there's no guy like that on the Kings. They shouldn't be giving out contracts to these guys who are like on a really good team, like the third or fourth best player. Well, if you're blowing it up, I would take De'Aaron Fox on the
1: Knicks in a heartbeat. As I would take him in a second and a half.
2: Yeah, I
0: love De'Aaron Fox.
2: Yeah, he's great. He's so fun. I think that they should get as much value as they possibly can get for him, but I do think they should move him.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because if they're going to blow it up, I mean, getting rid of Barnes or Healed, that's going to be pretty hard to do. So the only, like, pieces for blowing it up that would be future-looking would be to get rid of Fox for future draft picks. Yes. But in my opinion, I think they should... Just like kind of ride out the next few years and hope to get one more star in the draft to complement Fox or maybe through free agency. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't blow it up if I had De'Aaron Fox.
2: Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where like what they need is something that you only get at the very top of the draft. Cause De'Aaron Fox is very fun and has a very unique skill set. But I honestly don't see him as a player who can carry a team like he's not that guy he's a guy you would love to have like as a complimentary piece to a a superstar superstar but where they're going to be in the draft they need to have such a lucky hit and Mm -hmm. the front office has not proven themselves capable of finding that and we talked about it a little bit last time but when the lottery tickets do hit, they mismanage those like not locking up Harry Giles. Oh yeah. Was such a mistake when they got him as a complete just lottery ticket. I just don't have faith that De'Aaron Fox is a, the type of like uh generational superstar. I think he's great. I wouldn't necessarily want to commit because he's going to need a big contract too. And throwing more money behind him with these Barnes and Heel contracts, and then it's like, well, we've got a bunch of like cheap scrubs and those three guys. I just think it's the ceiling on that is maybe a four seed at best.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I I, I love Darron Fox. I think he could be maybe the second best player on a championship team. Sure. And definitely the starting point guard. Um, yeah, he's a great ball handler, ball carrier. Yeah, it's tough with the Kings. They're kind of in limbo because Barnes and Heald aren't going anywhere. So it's like, what yeah. do they do? And Fox is by far their best player. I think they could wait because if, Fo- let's see, Fox has one more year after this, this is his third season. So one more year before he reaches his first restricted free agency contract signing period. Yes. I would at least wait to next year before making that decision.
2: Sure, I think that, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I guess it makes the other guys more movable too. I don't think right. it's unreasonable to say give it one more year. I'm just not optimistic that
0: <laughs>
2: there's going to be any sort of jump that makes this not the solution at the end of another season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you What do you think about uh? So restricted. I think he's a restricted free agent, Bogdan Bogdanovic. Yeah.
2: I think they should move him. Just
0: not re-sign him, meaning not match whatever offer.
2: I think when you, because you uh, prompted me a little bit earlier when we were scheduling this and I was thinking about it. And he's not quite this, but the closest comparison of what I think they should try to do is what the Bucks did with Malcolm Brogdon, which I think they should have brought him back anyway. But like that sort of sign and trade deal is what I think they should do with him.
0: Do you remember? What did they get for Brogdon? Bro- Brogdon?
2: Oh, they got a uh, a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. The- it's I think it's protected.
1: I think it's a protected first-rounder, the the yeah. Pacers. I think it's like a lottery-protected first-rounder
2: this year uh, from the Pacers. Yeah.
0: Right. And they're I- a playoff team, so it'll probably convey this year.
2: Yeah. And they kind of missed their window. I really would have loved to see... Well, it's hard because like everything was in limbo with corona and stuff but like or wait trade deadline was before the league shut down right it was
0: yeah it was in february
2: yeah i would have loved to see them move him then because now like it's just capped what you can get but god throwing like the money he's gonna get another sort Mm -hmm. of complimentary piece i just i think it's a mistake where they're at i think it's just even if it is just like a protected first rounder from a I guess, like mid-tier contender like the Pacers. Just It's time to cut losses on him.
0: Yeah. Um, So let's start with um, Fox. Max, you said you'd love it if the Knicks could get him, and I would too. Uh, I would trade this year's first um, uh, plus the... Dallas unprotected, plus even another maybe protected first Knicks first for De'Aaron Fox.
1: Yeah, there's to me, there's no one on the Knicks that has reached an unprotect or like a, an, un, an untouchable status. Right. There there's not a, like there they're definitely, I mean, you you want to see Mitchell Robinson be given the chance to develop. You want to see RJ be given the chance to develop. Uh, but there's no one on that team that to me that has reached unprotected status. Mm-hmm. And the the Knicks are going to have to trade for a superstar or or draft one and develop them themselves. Like those those are the only two options because they continuously strike out in free agency. And so if you're able to trade for for a De'Aaron Fox, I would put a lot on the table for a Devin Booker uh, kind of player, right? Like like I, I think that's the route the Knicks are going to have to go ultimately is trading for a superstar. You just hope that they don't make a mellow type deal where you. Leverage your entire future
0: to yeah. do that. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. And um, but I, I mean, I think I think then at least for another year they got to stick with yeah. like a development plan. Have if, they
2: explored uh, Bradley Beal at
0: all? Have the Knicks? Um, maybe they have, but yeah. I, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't think it would be a great move for them to trade for Bradley Beal. He's already like. In he's already into his third contract, uh, very good. But I I don't see him as a foundational piece for where the Knicks are in their timeline. Then they they would have to give up a lot. Then they would have to give up a lot for a secondary player, and it's like then maybe what are they, you know, third seed at best. I would rather stick with development and like and wait for the right star to become available. Um, and as far as Bogdan, Bogdanovich. I could see him getting a contract this summer, I don't know, who knows what the cap's going to be, but maybe around $15 million per year? The high end, maybe, it's just like three years, three years, 45, something like that?
1: Yeah, that seems fair.
0: Yeah. So you would rather do it, you would not match, or you would match and do as a sign high
2: as, I mean, I'd go as
3: high as 50. Yeah,
0: 350? Mark, we're losing Marcus a bit. I am um,
2: a lot on that. Oh, am I going, going in and
0: out? Yeah, you're going in and out. That's okay. We all do. Okay. All right. Anyway, to sum up what you're saying is kind of you don't see a path with this current Kings roster, and you're just going to have to hope that Kind of start the cycle over as you wait out the Heald and Barnes contracts. All right. Jack, Pistons fan, how are you feeling about the Pistons roster as it's currently constructed?
3: Um, I'm feeling good about the roster Um, as it's uh, currently constructed. Um, mostly because we're now just in like complete rebuild mode and yep. uh, we're not kidding ourselves anymore with like trying to make it happen with, uh, Griffin and Drummond and Jackson. So, uh, we got rid of a couple of, uh, pieces that weren't working anymore, which I'm happy for. Like we didn't get a lot back for Drummond and, and Reggie Jackson, but, uh, we got them off the books, mm-hmm. uh, which is, we can start to rebuild. Um, I mean, we don't have a lot of exciting pieces on the team. Uh, Derrick Rose was great last, or you know, this season uh, for the team, which is really fun to watch as like an NBA fan. But as a player, you know, also as an NBA fan, I'd rather see him go to a contender, you know, when he's having a late career resurgence, rather than be stuck on our team. Um, so hopefully, he gets dealt or someone else picks him up because I think he's on the books for next year also. And then, I mean. Griffin kind of same thing like he's always injured I know he's like a piece that we're trying to build around but I think they should just kind of give up with that yeah uh you have some good young pieces uh like suku I think suku damboya is how you pronounce his name mm-hmm. uh he was a great draft pick he's turned out to be really good in his first year super young I think he's going to be fantastic Christian Wood big surprise I know I'd like to just see them continue to try to get bigs who can shoot yeah That's kind of the way we
0: yeah. Well interesting you say bigs that could shoot, because that's kind of Christian Wood. What he uh kind of came to the surface as and he's a free agent this summer. Um yes. are you thinking that the Pistons should try to re sign him?
3: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's kind of the problem with having a small to mid market team is that um if you have these sort of gems that come up and and turn out to be, you know, produce at a much higher level than you expected. It's really exciting for the fan base and and all that stuff, but then, you know, the first, you know, second we're faced up against someone like the Knicks who have cap space, uh, you know, it would make sense for him to leave. But I mean, maybe he's loyal, maybe he loves working uh with management, uh maybe he likes the team. So, who knows? But I would I think it should be a priority, maybe priority number 1 is to re-sign Christian Wood.
0: Yeah. How much uh what, what kind of contract would you be willing to give him?
3: Oh gosh, I'm not like super familiar yeah. with like the caps at, at the moment. Uh, I was reading earlier that uh, he's eligible for like early bird rights. I don't really know what that means, but uh, that much money.
0: Yeah, I I could see him being like like twelve million a year, for and you know I was thinking at first like for the Knicks, I I don't know if I would sign him. Uh, I don't know if they should tie up their cap, but the Pistons. Because they have to kind of wait out the Blake Griffin contract a little bit. And even if they're in rebuilding mode, and they totally should be, um, it's going to be another two years at least before they're kind of competitive as they're accruing these assets. So why not have Christian Wood there during that time? It's not going to really hinder them at all.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be nice. And like, who knows, maybe him and Saku could like, Make some sort of fun unit on the floor. If they get yeah. another piece in the off season, like we definitely need a point guard, so maybe they'll spend a little money on someone like a uh, like a Fred VanVleet or something. Mm-hmm. Who's, you know, maybe uh, coming out of Toronto. You know, he's a free agent this summer, so it would be cool to see. Like you know, yeah, in the next two years, if they could come up with something fun to put on the plate to try to get another free agent to come over to, to play with the team. So. Yeah, I get mean, I guess. Different-
0: I'm surprised they didn't trade road, Rose uh, this season.
3: Yeah, I don't know what was going on. Um, I think maybe they had hopes towards the beginning of the season that like this could be a playoff year. It's, you know, you know our classic uh, of late fringe playoff Uh where we don't make it past the first round. But I think that was what they were hoping for was to get a little more juice out of the season. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. But yeah. Would have yeah. been nice to move
0: him. Yeah. And they still have a chance to do it next season. So, um, yeah, I like Dumboyo. Uh, Christian Woods, a fun player. Bruce Brown's a fun, is a pretty good player. Um, yeah. So, a lot of young pieces. And I guess, in a way, their situation is better than the Kings, even though De'Aaron Fox, I think, is better than any player on the Pistons besides Blake Griffin, but he's never healthy. Yeah. Um, but the Pistons kind of, you know, where they are. It's it's just suck and accrue assets for the next two years. And, you know, if you end up doing well with the pieces you have, great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're going to, they're probably going to draft a point guard in uh, the draft this year if they can.
3: Yeah. I was reading some articles that were saying if we get a high enough pick, we should draft a LaMelo Ball. Yeah. A lot of people have a number one on their board, including yeah. me. I mean, he is exciting to watch. I have watched a lot yeah. of highlights and he's definitely, you know, progressed in his game a lot, but it makes me nervous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he um similar profile to Alonso. He's bigger though. He's like kind of like Ben Simmons in a way with his size as a point guard, very good ball handling skills, uh but same
1: inability to shoot.
0: Yep. Same inability to shoot. Exactly. Though maybe well, a little um, bit better than Simmons, but uh yeah.
3: yeah that would that's that's, that's
0: that's the one piece of... You nervous. All,
2: have you all heard sort of the, the like, uh, rumored backstory of why the Ball Brothers all, like, have shitty jumpers?
0: No. What is this?
2: So, the theory is that it's because LeVar made them shoot from so far away as kids, and, like, they were too weak to use, like, standard jumper technique, and so they had to put the ball, like, up on their head and chuck it like a shot put to get <laughs> the distance they needed, and that's why all their jumpers are broken.
3: That's how they learn wow. to shoot. Oh, that makes so much sense.
0: It does. Because I, I can imagine, yeah, LaVar is like trying to teach them like how to shoot from distance, whatever. Or get them used to shooting from distance. But yeah, you, yeah. you see uh, uh, LaMelo Ball. He like flares his elbows out when he takes a jumper. Kind of like, you know, little kids who don't have the strength yet. So yeah. uh, I guess it's stuck. Wow. Did you guys see yeah. that video that... Uh, that uh, Lonzo Ball posted of his own workout. This was like maybe oh. two weeks ago. So he posted him like, just like, you know, him with a shirt off, like lifting all these weights and just like yelling as he's lifting weights, like, look how, look what I'm doing during my time off. And his, like, everybody every comment was from all these trainers about how terrible his lifting form was. He's like... <laughs> It's like he's doing like over the shoulder like military press and just like bending his back backwards. It's like, oh, my back is oh just hurting God. watching it,
3: so he will just never not be bullied, I feel like <laughs> yeah,, yeah, I'm so
0: yeah, at least Lavar balls no longer following him in New Orleans, it seems,
1: yeah. Because that's what I'd be afraid of if I were the Knicks and, and LaMelo, right? Like, the last thing a dysfunctional organization like the Knicks need mm-hmm. is a, a, a sideshow like LeVar Ball being involved. And, and to me, that would that might scare me off of drafting him, even if he was there when the Knicks picked. Even if you mm-hmm. had him at the top of your board and you thought he was the best player available. I, I would be hesitant about drafting him when you already have kind of a sideshow kind of – organization uh, as a whole and it, it, it scares me honestly it really does
3: yeah it should but honestly i think like lavar versus dolan would be incredibly entertaining from a non-new york <laughs> yeah, band yeah. yeah. I, I can see them
0: being the best of friends in some weird way <laughs> just like these two doofuses uh playing with the whatever uh dolan's band is with the harmonica yeah. and lavar doing whatever yeah. he does In a band? Oh yeah. Dolan like he has some blues bands. It's like James Dolan and the Max, do you know what the name of the band is?
1: I, I can't remember the name. I think I think like my PTSD from him has me uh block out any any negative thing about him. Uh but I I think I don't remember the name. I do know that they like they're like some smaller spaces within MSG that he books himself uh, to play in, and, yeah. and has shows like you could go and see James
2: Dolan's blues band. Oh yeah, my God. Frankie Smokes is such a good nickname for a blues guy.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: you gotta get him involved in the band. Yeah, uh,
0: I think I think then. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to the Knicks off season. Um, uh,
1: JD in a straight shot. There you is the go. name of the band. The straight oh,
0: well. shot. Uh, and the straight shooters. He's got to he's got to go on tour and just stay away from MSG because the Knicks. So the Knicks hired a new what you know it's the a new president of basketball operations in Leon Rose, and he's made a couple hires to the front office. So far, they haven't made any player personnel moves, so it's hard to judge how good he is. They hired um. These pretty highly regarded people, one is Brock Oller, who is like a capologist with Cleveland. One is Walt Perrin, who uh, is going to be dealing with college scouting. He was from the Jazz. Jazz are a great organization. And uh, an advanced scout from the OKC Thunder, who've been a pretty good organization as well. Uh, Frank Zarin, I believe his name is. And it just, these are the types of people you want in a front office. I can't say I've ever heard of them before but they seem like competent people and they he's structuring the front office in a competent way. We'll see how it runs, how uh if Dolan's involved at all. But I'm I'm liking the signs so far.
1: I I would agree th- thus far, right? I again, the the, really, the the route to knit the Knicks being relevant again starts on the same road, and then it ultimately either goes one way or goes the other. You you you've got to draft well, you've got to draft smart, uh, and you've got to develop those guys. Whoever you get, you've got to try to get the most out of them. And then down the road, you end up in a position where, uh, much like the like, like the Lakers, Anthony Davis came available, and it was very clear that the Lakers had the best package to put together for Anthony Davis with the young guys that they had. Uh, And that they had drafted and given space to develop and and the Knicks have to do the same. So whatever, whatever free agency moves they, they do decide to make this summer have to be rooted in, we need to give our young guys the chance to grow and the best chance to be successful so we can see what they are and either continue to build, make them the like foundational pieces or make them look good enough that we can ship them out when a disgruntled superstar becomes available. And, and I think that's what they've got to do. And so it, it seems to me like Leon Rose is making the right moves, putting, putting a, 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 a cap guy and, and some scouting guys and, and player development kind of guys around. Uh, and then now I think the big move is, is what do you, what do you go get in a head coach? You know, who are you, who are you looking for? Uh, and, and what kind of coach do you want to bring in? And, and I, 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 think, I think that will be the, the first really big telling move of, of if this guy has it together or not.
0: Yeah, you said it, you said it perfectly. Um, they've, they've done a good job over the years, or actually like a decent job drafting. They've drafted players well, they haven't done player development. That's been the missing piece. And what they have to do, at least for next season is just build around the, that young core. And the, really the only players I care about are Mitch, RJ, and Frank. And uh, whatever free agents they sign, it should be complementary pieces to them. And the coaching should be based around them. And let's see what we have. Let's develop them as, as well as whatever pick they get this year. And uh, let's focus on that. And then, as you said, you build up assets. You build up a war chest like the Lakers did. And when the time is right, you could trade for that disgruntled star. So I yeah, go ahead. I'd
1: also love someone who can figure out the mystery of Kevin Knox. Yeah. Right. And and like that's mm. that's one that's a real disappointment to me right now because I don't know if people remember, like he was rookie of the month at one point yep. uh during his rookie season. He had he had a run, I wanna if I remember correctly, it was like November to January of, of his his rookie year, where he was playing some really good basketball, uh, and then has just sort of disappeared um from that point on right and and I know uh there were there were, he had a lot of like did not play coaches decisions kind of situations this year and and so it's tough right and and I know Calipari who I think obviously has his own axe to grind but he still seems to really believe that the Knicks have something in Kevin Knox and and the guy has coached a ton of future NBA talent so you you want to believe what he has to say so I hope that I hope that they either find someone who can can sort of figure out how to use him uh, to the best of his abilities or, or for his own, his own career sake, they're able to move him to a place that can do that for him. He just, it's, it's kind of sad, honestly, to see, like he, he ha- he has a lot of potential and hasn't really lived up to it yet.
0: Yeah. The athleticism yeah. and the size is there. And it, yeah. And when he was in summer league as a rookie, he was like lighting it on fire. He had these amazing dunks and was just showing off his athleticism and there's something there.
1: And his, his in summer league last year, his from range he looked great. Like he he could really he like really stroke threes in in summer league last year. So it, and so I, I like came into it being like this guy he's gonna make a, a jump and it just hasn't happened. It, it didn't happen this year. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm a little skeptical sometimes of these rookies who kind of like pop off really early and then against like NBA level quality just never show up again or seem like significantly diminished because i think sometimes they have like maybe insurmountable shortcomings that the league just hadn't exposed yet like think about like some of these guys like uh brandon jennings popping off for like 50 games in his second month and or 50 points in his like second month in the nba and what happened to him or uh like a michael carter williams who had like a whole couple of years of sustained success and then people are like oh this guy cannot shoot and is not athletic enough to punish us for backing off him in any other way. And then he's just kind of like a washed journeyman guy. I think sometimes it just happens where it's like, oh, this guy got the best of us, but now we know how to destroy him. And people just never recover sometimes.
0: Yeah, that, that road is certainly a possibility with Knox. Um, his his shot is just beautiful looking and was when he came this start of this season and I think if you get the right shooting coach, I'm not willing, I'm not giving up on him yet, is what I'm saying. And I think there, we could still resurrect Knox, but it's possible he's, it's just his career's never going to go anywhere.
1: It was crazy because I, you know, I get to watch as an Arkansas fan in SEC basketball, I get to mm-hmm. watch Kentucky. Um, and that year, he wasn't the dude that like everyone, like he wasn't the guy that, uh, SEC media prognosticators talked about. But when he came into Bud Walton Arena and played Arkansas, dude went off for like 35 and ten boards. Like it was it was crazy what what he did. and it was it was just spotting up from three and destroying us. So like there there's his, like you said, his shot looks good. There's something there. I think it just needs whoever comes in needs to figure out how to use him. I'm not saying he needs to be the dude. He doesn't need to be a 25 point a game scorer, but if, but if you can get 12 from him off the bench by putting him in the right situation, uh that could be that could be worthwhile for this team also.
0: Absolutely. If he could shoot like high 30% in from 3, he's a useful player, especially for this team. So mm-hmm.
2: what um. I- Oh go what ahead Marcus. Saying, it reminds me a little bit of like kind of what happened with Ben McLemore this season. Not that they're the same player cuz Ben McLemore's problem was partly his size. But yeah. he was sort of a bust on the Kings and then the Rockets figured out like, "Oh, this guy has his limitations, but if we just tell him the only thing you're allowed to do is catch the ball and shoot it, he's actually a pretty valuable piece on our offense to bring off the bench."
0: Yeah, that's something the Rockets Do really well is that they find players who fit their system, uh. And this is not. Then they rarely have draft high draft picks or any draft picks because they trade them away. But they're really good at finding people kind of off the scrap heap. Whether it's him, Daniel House, uh, realizing what they could do with PJ Tucker, they're really good at the whatever it is. They're pro scouting. They're good at that. Um. So for Knox, for the Knicks, I think one of the things they got to do is get a good shooting coach. Uh, that's seems to be what good organizations do. And I, as we were saying, I want to see them build around the young guys. I don't want to see Alfred Payton in a Knicks uniform ever again. And, uh, if we could trade, Maxim. Julius Randall, I'd do that. What's that? Maxim. Maxim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Scott Perry loves him. Scott Perry is the, uh, GM, but and who's still with the organization. Um, mm-hmm but i, don't I think, think they fight.
1: i think they almost certainly pick up his option for next year at the very least really it's, it's I, an it, option it for 8 million. Of, all, of all of them right like i mm-hmm. i think i think him and reggie bullock there are the dudes they're most likely to pick up the option on yeah. i think portis is likely gone uh, Taj Gibson, depending, I mean, if they hire Thibodeau, they might pick up Taj Gibson's yeah. uh, option also, who knows, you know, because uh, that dude, that Thibodeau has, has had uh, Taj Gibson at every stop. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say if, if you made me like pin me down, I would say I think they're most likely to pick up Alfred Payton's.
0: I would think they're most likely to pick, pick up Bullock. I think he's a no brainer because it's only for 4 million and he's a useful player. I really hope they don't pick up Peyton. I know maybe they could get some trade value out of him. I just he puts up numbers, but he's just like I don't know. He's a ball stopper. He's terrible at shooting. And I, I just wanna see whatever point guard they get in draft, if they do, and Frank Nilakina get their reps, and I just don't wanna see Peyton taking up
1: time. So what do you think happens with Dennis Smith Junior?
0: I think they I think they are ready to trade him away. If they could throw him into a deal, um, if they can't find a deal, they'll keep him around as a backup. But I, I would imagine that they're done with him, especially with new front office people who weren't part of the trade to get him. I, I right. think I think he's his days with the Knicks are done.
1: What that he's another one like Knox that like he people thought Dennis Smith Jr. was gonna be the guy, the yeah. the rebuilding piece in Dallas. And then Luca came in and was like, "No, let me show you what I can do." And and then it's like that dude's career has gone downhill ever since.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally messed with his head. He like left the team for a week or something when he was still with Dallas because he was just upset that Luca was basically getting point guard duties. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want I I I'm not a fan. To say it. So, uh, you mentioned Thibodeau. Um, Rumor has it that he's on the top of the Knicks list for coaches. Um, it's an interesting choice. He's he's had a lot of success. He's well known for running players into the ground with their minutes. Not a fan of load management. That part doesn't scare me as much just because if a good front, because he was, when he was with Chicago, people weren't, hip to load management. When he was with Minnesota, he was the president of basketball operations, so there was no one to tell him to stop doing this. With the Knicks, hopefully, Leon Rose and the staff will say, look, you can't play these players more than, say, 35 minutes a game. And that's all it takes to really fix that part of his problems. Whether he's, um, you know, still a good X's and O's guy, uh, we know he's very sharp defensively, and we'll see if he could keep up with like the trends in the new NBA. Max, what do you, what are your thoughts on Thibodeau?
1: I mean, listen, I know we're living in an era of fast pace and, yeah, and shoot it from all over the floor, but defense is still an important part of the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and you would argue that if the ultimate goal is to win a championship, defense becomes much more important the further along, uh, that you get, um, you know, and, 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 people you look at like the warriors clay thompson is is a really solid defender on top of being able to just be like an assassin catching and shooting the ball right so defense is definitely still a part of the game the thing to me is i 100% agree with you on load management though again if if the idea is let's showcase some of these young guys play Play Mitch and RJ thirty five minutes a game. You know what I mean? Like uh play them that for chunks of the season and let's see what they can do. I think you're right though, that what has to happen is we have to see has he has his offensive uh philosophy evolved to fit the current game. And he and listen, some of his years uh when, when he was really successful with the Bulls, they also had uh very efficient offenses, you know, offenses that were still in the top fifteen of the league in terms of offensive efficiency. So I think he can do it. It, it just is a matter of uh, does that become his focus? I think if, I think if, if part of the deal is like, listen, whoever your top assistant is, they need to be a, they need to be a, a guru of the current NBA offensive philosophy. And you guys need to sit together in a room and figure out what this is going to look like. Uh, I, I could see him being a great fit. I don't, it's like, I don't think the guy has forgotten how to coach basketball. Right.
0: I'm sure. He's right. Still li- so yeah, yeah uh, he's still living it. And He, I think with Minnesota, their offense was not like this crazy, like antiquated offense. Like they, they had Towns spreading the floor, Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, was shooting threes and so he could do it. Um, it's more just, you know, the, the, the fear with me and Thibodeau is the load management, but that's addressable. But it's just, if he'll, this is a young team, will he do well with a young team? Or Mm -hmm. will he just, like, yell at them and just can he coach young players that need to be developed as opposed to Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler?
2: Was Minnesota particularly even good at defense when he was there? I kind of remember them not being. Mm -hmm. I think he almost, like, just, like, lucked into sort of this perfect situation for him with, like, these sort of like fellow psycho shitheads like Jimmy Butler in Chicago, <laughs> yeah, and like without like that very specific environment of people buying into his bullshit, I'm just not sure that the game in a lot of ways hasn't passed him by.
0: Yeah, I think he's still. I I think he, he you know he's famous for his uh, defensive schemes against pick and roll, and that I think is still relevant. It's just yeah, how will he do without the psycho shitheads? Um, he didn't. Yeah. Do, he did very poorly with. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, but I don't know, maybe just Towns is um, a P word, as Jimmy Butler said.
2: Mm.
3: I feel like uh, this is based on all, just about nothing, but yeah. I feel like uh, having someone like Tibodeau come in for a team like the Knicks that's kind of just been middling for a while and, and a little bit not, not a joke, but like I think to other players, is so dysfunctional that it's hard to get, you know, bigger name free agents for such a big market, like you said before. I think having someone with a little fire and a little, uh, you know, uh, psycho shit headedness, as Marcus said before, uh, might be helpful. Might be helpful to like help rein the team in from distractions.
1: Listen, and if if nothing else, uh, the Knicks is where legacies go to die. Phil Jackson, Isaiah Thomas, uh, we could keep going. But like just, I'm even talking like non-basketball legacies. So if nothing else, this is where you go to some degree to get your your final proving your your final shot to prove that you've got what you've got or or your career is over and I think to, to some degree that's that put up or shut up mentality might uh, get something
2: good out of Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah, or, maybe he creates like a true suicide squad situation with him and his raggedy misfits all going to the death.
0: Yep, I feel like he would like Frank Nillakina. That's that's the his biggest plus in my book. Mm. I remember during the. Um, uh, it was during FIBA when Nilakina was playing really well for France, got to the quarterfinals and beat Team USA. And he was doing color announcing and was just raving about him. So that's good in my book. He obviously values defense. Frank We're, is your guy, right? Frank that's, is my he's, guy. Frank is my guy. Oh yeah. Kenny
1: Atkinson. Kenny. Kenny Atkinson likes uh, Nilakina quite a bit, also.
0: Yeah, did, I I read that. What has he said? Uh, has he had some quotes about him?
1: Yeah, just some quotes talking about how like what a what a pest and hound he was uh, on their guards on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah. He would be my top choice um uh, because he doesn't have the I I wouldn't be worried about him feuding with players. Um but it sounds like Tibbs is the front runner and I'll talk myself into it.
1: Yeah, Atkinson would be my my top choice also. I mean, I think the guy uh has a track record of of winning in the exact situation the the Knicks find themselves in. So he would be my top choice too, but again, uh, it makes smart basketball sense, so it's probably yeah. it's probably not what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Former Knicks assistant coach under Dan Tony. And uh those those Dan Tony teams if you watch some of the Linsanity games when uh you didn't have Melo kind of just being a party pooper and not wanting to play Dan Tony ball, like they were doing some like proto rocket stuff it was it was fun to watch and what
1: ball what what ball does mellow want to play he doesn't he doesn't want to play in the triangle yeah he doesn't he doesn't want to play d'antoni ball like what is it exactly that you you do want to do because you are oh, man that I, we could do a whole hour on just yeah what a frustrating nba player carmelo anthony has been
3: well, Carmelo went to Syracuse, so uh, a you know is used to that sweet, sweet Jimmy B zone defense. But also, uh, Jim Beheim doesn't run offense. They uh-huh. kind of just you know have good players run screens and play ISO a lot, and they don't have uh, a dynamic offense. Which, as their recruiting has dwindled, uh, it's being exposed. So, I think that might be part of the answer.
0: Yeah, and you're you're a Syracuse alum, right, Jack?
3: Uh, yes, I am. Yes, you are. Uh, so, uh maybe he will get it back. So thank you.
0: Yep, yep. Maybe though, is Jim Beheim still coaching? Yeah, he is, right? Yeah,
3: he was playing to coach, uh, at least until his son Buddy graduates. But I think it, he'll have to get, you know, carted off the court. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, so. or yeah, he'll get carted off the court as everybody's yeah. chanting his name. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, um, yeah, Melo just wasted talent because he never bought into any system. Uh, Yet, yeah, as you said, Max didn't want to play the triangle, didn't want to play D'Antoni ball. Uh, he just wanted to be LeBron and uh, he just never, either never had the pieces around him or just wasn't as good as LeBron. So never worked. I feel bad. Um, and I hope... Oh, one last point about the Knicks. There have been rumors about them wanting to sign Melo as just kind of a bench player or a role player this year to get give him like... The final send off year he deserves in a Knicks uniform. I know. Please do not do that.
1: This is really, I, I, because I guess if you heard the the trading for Chris Paul rumors, right? Right. So I, I like the mellow move if they also trade for Chris Paul because they're both, they're both only on one year deals. Uh huh. Right, and and you and you let you let those two get to do something they've wanted to do their whole career, play together. You get you get butts in 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 seats a, again, as long as as long as they're not taking away from the ultimate end goal, which is developing Mitch and RJ and whoever they draft this year. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I fear is that they will take away from that. Chris Paul is a little interesting because he's still a very good player, uh, despite his really ridiculously high contract. But if they just were to sign Melo, and he would be he would be an obstacle for the development of these young players.
3: Well, one thing uh, he was playing really good basketball this year, uh, in, in Portland. Yeah, so he th- was, I, you know, he's, I think I was reading an article. I, I don't know who it might've been Chauncey Billups actually that was talking about playing with him, uh, and how he would, or the like Carmelo would, you know, admittedly, uh, be so worried about getting 30 or, you know, that kind of thing. Just, he'd have a good game, uh, and he'd hit thirty, and like the team would lose, and he'd be more happy than if he had a game where he didn't get thirty and the team played well and won. So I think that goes, you know, to what mm. you were saying earlier about the kind of LeBron or bust mentality. Yeah, the, I th- age has you know, gotten better, yeah, wiser.
0: I think um, it kind of worked for him in Portland, and maybe would work with Chris Paul if he's playing with somebody who, especially a ball handler, who he knows is the guy and won't challenge him in that way like he knows Damian Lillard is a great point guard and doesn't feel like he's so Melo's not gonna take hog the ball and stop the ball because he knows that's Dame's job um but with a team with a rookie point guard or no established point guard Melo's not 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 gonna be a good answer uh and then real quick Max any interest in Bogdanovich or Christian Wood this summer or this off season?
1: um yeah, so I mean, the Knicks need three point shooting. Yeah. So on the surface, Bogdanovich seems like a, a potential help in, in that way, um, but if you actually look a little deeper, his his three point numbers have gone down basically every year. Um, so I I would be a little hesitant. I think I think the idea for either of them is it's going to depend on what what the numbers are, yeah. what the numbers are, and and how for how long, because um, you. I, I do think with the the cap is going to go down due to loss of revenue. And so I think you're going to see some teams spend a little wiser rather than having all this cap space and being able to throw 15, 19 million at someone like, I don't know, let's just say off the top of my head, uh, Julius Randall and Bobby Portis, right? <laughs> like, a, right. Uh, every power forward on the, on the market. So I, th- I think if they, if they do it smart and, and those guys can help, uh, Mitch and RJ flourish and develop and figure out who they are as players Then I I think it's a worthwhile move but the money has to be the money has to be right I would say
0: yeah the money has to be right but they are nice complementary pieces as opposed to Julius Randall and Bobby Portis actually Portis I don't I kind of like Portis. I know you I mean, like I love as- Bob Portis. Yeah, I, I, I have guy. a
1: vibe. I went the first day like his jersey was for sale at MSG. I went and bought it cuz that's like literally but my my entire world, like basketball world coming together is is a Razorback playing for uh the Knicks. But Randall, Randall's got to go. That dude. Yeah. Th- I I think I think the Pistons uh to bring it back to Jack the Pistons have a Blake Griffin problem the same way the Knicks have a Julius Randle problem. The dude like sucks up usage when he's when he's in the game and it's preventing other guys from developing. The best thing that you can say about Randle though is his contract is only for next year yeah. and then they can they can get rid of him and it's not nearly as much money as Blake Griffin.
0: Yeah, it's the one good thing that this past uh, front office did is that they it was the first Knicks front office in a while that realized you got to not trade draft picks and not tie up your contract, uh, your cap space with long term contracts. Low bar, but they finally did it. All right, guys. Uh, Jack, anything you'd like to plug before we go?
3: Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'm going to be in a couple of shows this weekend uh, on Zoom. I'm going to be doing. Uh, Shot for shot uh, of Disney's Robin Hood on Friday. It's 9 30. Uh, and uh, if you want to watch, it's going to be funny. You email the armorycomedy at gmail.com. And Saturday, I'm going to be doing a show called, uh, well, it's going to be the same show, but Bird Box. Uh, everyone remembers Bird Box. Of course. Um, and that's Bird Box. Okay.
0: Wait, Bird Box. That's the one. Bird Box is the one with Sandra Bullock, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, one yeah. uh, Sandra Bullock and Netflix try to capitalize on the success of A Quiet Place. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, check that out, the the Disney version of Robin Hood with the fox. Uh, Marcus, anything you'd like to plug?
2: Um, sure. Uh, I also do stuff with The Armory. Uh, nothing on the docket, though. So uh, just check out the website, uh, thearmorycomedy.com and uh also i'll plug my podcast a winkle in time uh we're in the process of putting together some new episodes but we have some old ones out there it's about the winkle boss twins and they travel through time in their time canoe and they steal inventions from people and (laughs) a winkle in time a
0: winkle in time love it max anything you want to plug
1: uh yeah you can catch me most monday nights uh with um sugarfoot at the pit and we do zoom shows on i believe it's facebook live uh, every monday uh and then i'll also plug uh my podcast welcome to fedville it's a a loosely arkansas razorback football related uh, sketch podcast that come that airs during football season so we are riding and getting ready uh, to, to start uh, our, our second season of that show. So when football, college football season rolls around if, uh, hopefully um, you can check us out wherever you get podcasts.
0: Go Hogs. Go Hogs. I'll have to check that oh, out. Whooping. All right. Thank you all for joining me. I, of course, uh, Larry the Athlete. You can at Larry the Athlete uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Bumble, LinkedIn, all of them. Uh, And subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts Thanks for joining me Thanks for listening Remember to sports And may all your dreams be hoop dreams